welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Okay, turn to Psalm 24.6. Say Psalm 24.6. This was a scripture that absolutely arrested Jake and I at a very young age. Uh, early in our years of ministry, and I'm old enough to say that there were the early years of ministry, I realized that the other day when Facebook was bringing up posts and these kids now that are all like in their 30s were in our youth group, and I'm like, oh, we're getting old. But this scripture absolutely shifted the way that we did ministry, and I would say that it's really been a foundation of our ministry. And I think for all pre uh, I think that sometimes when people read Psalm 24, you know, lift up your head, O you gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. When they read verse 6, I think it's one of those scriptures that we can just like pass over. I don't know what that means, so I'm just going to keep walking. We read our Bible like that sometimes, don't we? We for sure read Leviticus like that, don't we? <laughs> oh my gosh, how many offerings are there, <laughs> you know? Um, but there was something about this scripture when we read it. And what was really interesting was that we, we grabbed a hold of this in our spirit in separate moments. It wasn't like we had this aha moment in this scripture together, collectively. But we had it separate. And what was beautiful about it was as we share it, just getting more revelation on this scripture. And little did we know that it would be the foundation of, of, for our ministry and, and for our life and even as a family. So Psalm 24 says, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. We're going we're gonna to learn a little bit, and I'm going to have to be super quick today because it's late and we still have Connect Sunday. But one of the big things to park on here is that this is Jacob. See, people, if you, if you don't know who Jacob was, if you don't know what Jacob did, you'd be like, who's Jacob? Cool, go on. This is the generation of those who seek your face. But what we're going to see in a moment here was that Jacob was one that didn't let go. See, Jacob means deceiver. Jake's mom told him to call him Jacob. <laughs> Interesting. Means deceiver. It means supplanter. When Jacob came out of the womb of, of his mother, he was holding on to the heel of his brother. So Jacob literally means that one that won't let go. Let's, let's turn to Genesis 32 there. I believe that's the next slide. But if you go read in Genesis 32, 26, this is Jacob that said, but Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. And I've just been sensing in my spirit that this is a season that's going to require a bit of a press even more than the last season, that we cannot enter this next season like we did the last season. We cannot live this September like we did last September. And we could say, why? Because it won't work. Because God is always going to be doing something new. Yes, he's the same. He doesn't change. He's the, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus left us the Holy Spirit so that we could flow in the ebbs and flows of the times and the seasons and the unforced rhythm of his grace. So I just want to encourage you as a pastor, anytime that you enter a new season, just pause. Create some moments like go to Decca Lake. Press pause. And just even have moments where you get your journal out as you're heading from maybe summer to fall. That's a natural split, right? School starts. Another season start is December into January. 
But carve out some time and just say, God, what is this season for? Not just assuming what you, what you think that this season is for, but taking moments to press pause and say, God, what is this season for? Because if we try to do last September or this September, pardon me, like last September, it's not going to work. We've, this church has changed since last September. I hope that I've changed since last September. Patty, I didn't even know you last September. Proof that God is always going to be doing something new. But Jacob said, I will not let go unless you bless me. And I believe that is key for some of us in this church and for all of us on, on, on different levels. Is that there's been things in some of our lives that we have let go. There's things that God has spoken to us about our life. And this could be true for some of you young people. God has spoken to everybody in this room. Amen? Who has, has God spoken to you on some level? Maybe God said that your children are coming back to their borders. Maybe God said that your spouse is going to get saved. Maybe God said that you're going to get healed. Maybe God said that his blessings are going to come from behind and overtake you. Maybe God said that you're going to have a business that's going to be able to help fund and release people into the kingdom of God. Maybe God said that you can get that PhD when you don't think that you can, but he said you can, so you can. But we've got to press into this season because if God said it, we can't let go of that. I don't want to be at the end of my life and being like, shoot, why did I let go of that? Why did I let someone talk me out of that? It is so important to be in a healthy church, in a healthy community that sees what God sees in you. Because if you are not in a healthy church, in a healthy community that sees what God sees in you, you'll begin to believe what other people see. Because when you're in a healthy church and you're in a healthy um, uh, community where Jesus is the center because he is the mark, you're going, to know, you're going to see yourself in the way that God created you to be. And you're not going to let go. You're not going to let go. You might be moving to Calgary this week. But I'm going to be like, girl, you don't let go. And you keep pressing in. And you keep pressing for the prize of the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. With what God's told you to do in this school. I know, Sydney, that your schooling is taking longer than what you... <laughs> than what you wanted it to take. And you don't always understand what God is doing in you and through you. But you can't let go of the word that God gave you. And girl, you got to keep moving forward. We've all got to keep moving forward. Because we're not going to let go until you bless us. So let's go back to Psalm 24, 6. Can I get some water? Super thirsty. So this is Jacob. This is us. This is us, church. We are Jacob. We are a generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. And as a church and as the people of God, we're not going to let go of what God has for us. Amen? But with everything that we have and with everything that we are, we're going to go for it. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going for it. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm going for it. And sometimes you have to write those little things down in your journal to remind yourself, no, I'm going for it. 
I'm not going to let somebody else talk me out of who I am. I'm not going to let the enemy talk me out of that because God told me to do this and I'm going to do this. And if this takes me 10 years to get my degree, then it's going to take me 10 years to get my degree. But I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Let's look at Genesis 28. And I want to show you why he said I won't let go. He was supernaturally called Jacob. So that was in his name. It's in his DNA to not let go. He's a heel holder. That's part of what his name means. But I want to show you something that God said to Jacob. And it's important when we get words from the Lord to write it down. Because if we don't write it down, all we'll remember is, oh, that was a good word. Who's done that? Or you have a dream. Who's songwriters or writers in here? And you have this dream and you've written like this really amazing song and like the power of God fell. And then you didn't wake up and write it down. And you're like, oh, I forget what that was. You think you're going to remember, but you don't. It was like, oh, that was good. No. Good not written down won't be great. But when God gives you a word, it becomes great when we write it down. Because we remember. I have in my phone, and I've shared this with some of you on my notes, I have this, this little area that says, God to me. And whenever God says just even like two or three words to me, I write it in my phone. So that, you know, in some days, and in, in some days I forget, like some seasons I forget, but then God will say, hey, just go scroll through your phone so I can remind you of what I, what I said to you. And I begin to scroll through my phone, and I'm like, wow wow, oh, that happened, that happened. And guess what? My faith and my spirit just become so encouraged because I realized in those moments, oh, I'm not alone. God, you did really say that. You really did do what you said that you would do. You're real. You're alive. You see me. You see me. So in Genesis 28, now I don't know if this is up on the slides. Okay, so just hold on. Just press pause on that for a second. Jacob had a dream. Do you remember this story? Jacob's dream. And in this dream, there's a ladder. And with this ladder, the angels are ascending and they're descending. And I want to start here. I don't think we have slides for this. In verse 13, did it start at 15? Okay, just one second. It says, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. So this is God speaking directly to him, okay? This is a word of the Lord. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. This is awesome. For I will not leave you. Say, I will not leave you. Until, say until, I have done what I promised you. This is why you got to write it down. That's why he wasn't letting go. That's why we got to read more than just one, one verse and one chapter of the Bible so we can put it all in context. I wouldn't be letting go either if that's what God said to me. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And I believe that was a word for many people in this place. God saying, I will not leave you, Priscilla, until I have done what I promised you. Come on. 
one word from Jesus is enough to not let go. This is not a season to take our foot off the gas. This is not a season to be binging on Netflix. (laughs) Who laughed? (laughs) I was talking to one of my friends this week. Um, I was in Nashville for a couple of days, and he's a songwriter, and he's like, you know, if I start watching one show on Netflix, I just begin to watch all of them on Netflix. So people are like, this is what he's saying, people are like, hey, have you watched Stranger Things? He's like, no way, because if I watch one episode of Stranger Things, I'm going to be up till 4 a.m. watching all of Stranger Things. I'm not saying watching TV is wrong, and what is right for you won't be necessarily right for me, and what's right for me won't necessarily be right for you. But I know as a church, we are heading into a significant season. And significant seasons require significant press. And significant press requires significant faith. It requires a leaning in to the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. Like that song, leaning, leaning. Leaning on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all life's harms. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Because this is what will happen. If we're not pressing in and we're not leaning into him, we'll begin to strive and do things in our own strength. And then we'll wonder why things didn't work. We've got to be leaning into him this season like never before. Like we prayed with these, with these students that he's the prize and that he's the mark. Okay, let's keep reading this. So in verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. I love that Jake said that to Mike. This is what Jacob said. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. But God came to him in his, into it, in, God came into his dream, and he was like, oh, he had an aha moment. Who's had aha moments with the Lord in here? Those aha moments change everything. And it's important to have those aha, aha moments. Aha, it's hard to say. Aha moments. <laughs> because they're defining. And we come back to them. And they're almost like a foundation. I had an aha moment. I've shared this with some of you seven years ago. And I liked what Lily said because it reminded me a lot of my aha moment. It was in a dream. And I was standing in an auditorium. It was like an old theater kind of like this, but bigger and much older. And I'm standing there, and the atmosphere is just dark, and it's just black, and it's heavy, and it's just one of those worship sets that you can't get off the ground. And it's like, God, why is this so hard? And I could feel it in in my chest. It was just like, oh, I couldn't breathe. And I stood there at my piano, legs like this, and I just said, as the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God in this place. Nothing changed. God said, say it again. I said, as the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God in this place. And it's like you hear a little crack. And then I'm just like, as the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God in this place. That's a scripture, by the way, in Psalms. And then my hand would just go, and I declare the glory of God. And it was just like I just saw light going out from my hand and just the word of God going forth from my mouth. And I said it over, and I said it over, and I said it over until the worship team that was singing with me, it was just like what they were singing was finally breaking into the atmosphere. Long story short, I woke up the next morning, and I was not the same. 
I knew something in that dream was just so significant that that wasn't just a pizza dream. It wasn't an ice cream dream. But it was a dream from the Spirit of God. It was an aha moment of surely the Lord is in this place because it shifted me. I'm short. My, last, my maiden name is short. A lot of people don't know that. I always looked super young, and now I'm getting older, and I'm losing that. <laughs> Patty, you understand. But sometimes when you're small, but mighty, but small, people view that as, as insignificant somehow. And they view you maybe not how God sees you. And I think I began to believe some things about myself that were not true. But when I woke up the next day, I never led worship the same way. Because as we're singing songs, like we sang it last week and we sang it again this week, the atmosphere is changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. If we don't have aha moments, when we're singing songs like that and you don't feel like people are getting it or nothing's changing, you're going to start retreating in the spirit. But because I had my aha moment and I saw Jesus and I saw Jesus in me and I saw what happened as he unlocked and released my identity that day, I know that I know that I know when I declare the word of the Lord that something is changing. Something is changing as we declare the word of the Lord. Something is changing, Sid. I don't know why I'm preaching to you today, but I think God wants to encourage you. And this is not nepotism. This is the spirit of God. But something is changing in your faithfulness to God. Something is changing when you say, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Something is changing, friends. When you feel like the enemy is just pillaging and, and taking things from your family, but you stand and you say, not today. Because when the enemy raises or comes in like a flood, we raise up a standard. Something is changing. And that was the shift that Jacob had that day. Surely the Lord is in this place, but I wasn't aware of it. It wasn't a statement of shame. It was a statement of humility. Kind of like Isaiah, whoa, I've become undone. Something happens when we encounter the presence of the Lord. And guess what happens? When I encounter the presence of the Lord, when you encounter the presence of the Lord, you're able to give that encounter away to somebody else. Because something changed inside of you that shifted. And we don't walk in arrogance. We walk in humility. But out of that leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms, humility grows inside of us and compassion wells up inside of us. And we stand in the grocery store. We stand on platforms. We worship God at home. We're nurturing our children at home, whatever it looks like. And we know that something is changing. Mike, you may be going to Philippines without a plan. And we're going to read scripture about that. And I believe it's going to minister to you. I went to Nashville without a plan this week. And God did some extraordinary things. And I know that I know that I know that God's going to do. Can you lift your hands up to Jesus? God, I just thank you for divine assignments. 
for divine appointments, Lord Jesus, for moments of significance, Lord Jesus. God, that as Mike steps out and he goes forth, God, that he carries the kingdom and he releases the kingdom, Lord, for such a time as this because things change as we release the kingdom of God. Okay, so he woke from this dream and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured it out on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city um, was Luz at first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me the bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house and in this place. Then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all of that you give me, I will give a full tenth. He vowed to give his life to Jesus. I want to read something to you and I've got to hurry because I'm only on page two. I want to read this to you. There are identity game-changing moments in your life where you will never be the same. It'll shift everything for you. It'll shift how you see yourself and how you see God. This is going to be a waking up identity season for many of you. The lights are coming on for many in this place. But that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, and that doesn't mean all of your problems are just going to go away. But there's a press. There's a contending for and a laying hold of God's promises that we, that we do in his strength and from a place of identity. And I was driving in the car today with Jake. And you know that place of identity? There's no striving in identity, is there? You know, you see some people, it's like they're contending, and, and we're going to talk about faith in a minute, and, and we grew up in a word-faith culture. You guys grew up in a word-faith culture, and we're still living a, a faith culture. But there's no striving, and there's no contending, because he's already done it. But that moment that Jacob had when he woke up, or was that dream, surely the Lord is in this place, guess what? That was the I've got a golden ticket moment. My mom made this, by the way. She's amazing. We've got the golden ticket. You don't have to worry about what God's going to do because if he said that he's going to do it and you're walking and seeking forth his plans and his purposes, you've got the golden ticket. Priscilla, you've got the golden ticket because if you've got Jesus, friends, you have got everything. When we have surrender, we have everything and we don't have to fear because we've got the golden ticket ticket. Okay, let's turn to Hebrews 11. And there's a slide I want us to all read. I believe we have a slide. I'm not letting go. Do we have that one before? There we go. I want to read this together. Let's read this together. Not ready yet, guys, for quite a while. Okay. But thanks. Okay. Let's read this together. Ready? I'm not letting go of God. Let's do this again. I'm not letting go of God. I'm not letting go until I get what he has for me. It might take a moment. It might take years or even decades. But whatever I do, I'm not letting go. Can we say that again? I'm not letting go of God. 
I'm not letting go until I get what he has for me. It might take a moment. It might take years or even decades. But whatever I do, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. And this press, it's a press of faith. We don't hear a lot about faith anymore. We don't. We don't. I was brought up in faith. We memorized Hebrews 11 in school. We had to memorize so much scripture. I was like, why are we memorizing so much scripture? And I'm so thankful that I memorized so much scripture. Now I'm thankful. That's what I tell my kids now. You'll thank me for this in 20 years. You will thank me for this. But if you have your Bibles, uh, open up to Hebrews 11. I'm assuming you have them because we've already been reading from them. And you know what? Let's not count on slides in this place. Let's be Bible bringers or device bringers. Device bringers? Yeah. What did you call it? Stig bucks? <laughs> it was good. We were at the Mariners game Friday night. So here we are at the Mariners game. Josiah's wearing a Mariners hat and Sydney's wearing a Blue Jays hat. I'm like, oh my goodness. I was going to wear my Yankees hat too. It's just like we'd be like a 2019 family. There's a faith, though, that this season, um, that there's a faith that brings a breakthrough, and that's faith in Jesus Christ alone. This season is going to require a press of faith. And Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was, made, um, was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, say by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, say by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commanded as having pleased God. Next verse. And without faith, say without faith, it's impossible, say impossible, to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he um, rewards those who seek him. I want to park there for a minute. Without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God. But, will we, but whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. There's things that will not happen in our life unless we hold on. Some people don't understand that and some people don't preach that, but I'm understanding it to believe that I got to be living by faith. Are you seeing that? I'm seeing that I need to be a heel holder like Jacob. And in that dream, or not the dream, but when it was saying that Jacob wouldn't let go, that he wrestled with a man. He wrestled with God until he got what he came there for. So there's a press of faith that's required this season that's going to be pleasing to God. So we need to be drawing to God because we know that he's true and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, there's a component. Oh, my goodness, guys, this is going so long. I'm so sorry. So sorry. This is long service for us here. <laughs> We're going to get through this really fast. But, I, but this is my point for today. Is that the part of faith that I don't think has been preached really well is identity. 
We've taught about go for it. Speak it. Do all of that. We have, and we've done it really well. But then there's the part where, the, where Scripture says faith rests. Faith rests. Like we were praying last week um, at the end of the service, not end of service, but after worship. Remember we were praying for healing? And I grabbed the mic and I just said, like, I believe it. I receive it. I'm a child of God. And then we just made the simple exhortation is that we just have to stand here. Now, there's a time to be declaring and there's a time to be shouting. But then there's a time just to open your hands and just say, God, I receive it. I believe it. I'm a child of God. There's a press, but there's a rest. And that there is a rest in the press. And I, I, I really want to oh, really understand that as a church. And I want to I be saying that really clear. That out of the place of identity, this place of just us and Jesus, that we can rest upon all the promises of God. And his promises are yes and amen. Amen? So this is my definition of faith. Faith isn't trying harder. Faith looks like identity with the lights turned on. I asked the Lord for a definition, a fresh definition of what faith was. And this is what, there's so many great definitions, but this was one that the Lord gave to me this week. Faith isn't trying harder. Faith looks like identity with the lights turned on. Because when we know who he is, we're good. I'm okay. Because I know his nature. I know what he has. I know what he's given to me. And I'm not just like a rat. You know, when you see like, you know, rats like up a wall, like trying to get it. God, I'm not going to let go tell you bless me. No, we all get blessed. It's okay. It's okay. As the heavens declare the glory of God, so I declare the glory of God in this place. And as we understand, we just take our place and we receive it. Faith isn't trying harder. Faith looks like identity with the lights turned on. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.